Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 47. President Roosevelt was right when he said that December 7, 1941 would live in infamy. December 6, 2019 promises to have the potential to join December 7th as another infamous day. Shortly after the desecration of St. Peter's Basilica at the Vatican and St. Maria and Transpertina Church in Rome with the pagan Pachamama idols, a message from the bowels of hell was given to four exorcists. Exorcists are usually low-keyed in their work, trying very hard to live and work below the radar. If bishops and priests are generals and officers in Christ's army, exorcists are the special forces, Green Beret and Navy SEALs, all rolled into one. So when four exorcists extraordinarily go public with a warning they've received from hell, I listen. While these four exorcists were exorcising different demons in different places, each demon told these priests the same identical thing. The demons, under compulsion from the exorcists, said that on December 6th, a very powerful demon will enter the Catholic Church, and they've asked that this day be set aside as a day of fasting, prayer, and reparation. They also asked that specific practices be done as part of that day of reparation. Ordinarily, I'd take such things with a grain of salt, but the grain turns into a rock when multiple exorcists get the same message simultaneously from different demonic sources. The message may or may not be true, but it really begins to carry a lot of weight with me when considered in the light of everything that's been happening in the church and in the world for the last several years. As best as I can reason things out, there are three possible explanations for the massive evil we've been witnessing during these last several years. We'll talk about them after we try to pay our bills. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. If the hellish message received by the exorcist is true, you need to know what they recommend. I've got a link to the whole article in my show notes so you can read it for yourselves what's being asked of us. However, that's not what I want to focus on in this episode. We've seen a dramatic increase in evil in recent years. 
Muslims are murdering Christians in the Middle East where Christianity began. The homosexual forces have been making gigantic inroads around the globe, even more so than here in America. Abortion isn't merely sanctioned by the United Nations any longer, but the UN actually demands that it be permitted everywhere, and they attempt to punish those nations who won't worship at the altar of death. As a result, recently in nations that have been pro-life, there have been swift and devastating moves to legalize abortion or make it more acceptable. The UN has also told the Vatican in recent years that the Catholic Church must change its doctrine to allow abortion. In light of the things going on under this pontificate, it wouldn't surprise me to see Pope Francis attempt to appease the UN. I'm going to relate some of the evils Pope Francis is responsible for, either directly or indirectly, but before I do, I want to make a statement of fact. I do not now, nor will I ever, advocate that anyone leave the church. Several years ago, I asked Cardinal Burke, who was an elector at the conclave where Francis was elected, if his election to the chair of Peter was valid. His eminence said it was, so that means we Catholics are obligated to obey Francis in all matters of faith and morals, no matter how bad he personally gets. Of course, this obligation is restricted to what we know is the Church's constant 2,000-year magisterial teaching. If you're confused and don't know what's right and wrong and what comes out of the Vatican these days, that's your own damn fault, and you should be ashamed for your years of apathy. But that's another topic altogether. The bottom line is that we must remain in the Catholic Church. The Church has been clear for centuries that a Catholic must remain a Catholic, full communion with the Church, if you're to have any hope of eternal life. It doesn't matter if we have a bad Pope, Lumen Gentium makes it clear we must remain Catholic. Now let's get back to some of the things Francis is responsible for, either directly or indirectly. We had a very clear indicator of how this pope would be when early in his pontificate he was asked about homosexuality by a reporter. His response, who am I to judge? Since then, he's appointed new bishops around the globe who are sympathetic to the whole LGBT agenda. He's also appointed like-minded bishops and priests in key positions at the Vatican. He's confused the laity with the impression, through Amoris Laetitia, that he's in favor of letting Catholics in irregular marriages receive communion. Although he's not come out and said that he favors allowing this sacrilege, he's certainly doing nothing to correct it in the bishops' conferences that are going in that direction, especially the German bishops. Francis has made a deal with the devil by legitimizing the Chinese state-approved facsimile of the Catholic Church. He sold out faithful Chinese Catholics and abandoned them to the tyranny of the communist Chinese government. Now they must do as the Chinese government demands, or go to prison, or worse. It's been reported on numerous occasions that this pope has repeatedly referred to himself as the successor of Jesus Christ rather than the successor of St. Peter. I asked Cardinal Burke last January if it was true that the pope had made such antichrist statements. He said it was. It's scary. The most recent abomination from this pope is the Amazon Synod that he approved and promoted. The final document isn't out yet, but my sources tell me we can expect it in January. 
Unless Francis completely nullifies the synod, it'll blend the mass with paganism, thus becoming an apostasy. As Cardinal Burke has very publicly stated, Francis will be leading a schism. Finally, the papal nuncio to the United States told the bishops of the USCCB earlier this month that they will get on board with the things Francis says and does. The nuncio wouldn't give such an ultimatum without the Pope's direction to do so. The Pope has drawn a line in the sand with our bishops to begin a battle for the church. So we see all these evils going on in the church and in the world, and we've got to know something is coming. Jesus told us to watch the signs of the times the way we read the weather. Well, it's raining right now, and only a fool would say the sun's shining. As I see it, there are only three possible reasons why these things are happening. The first possible scenario is that we're just experiencing global growing pains. This happens a couple of times a century, but I don't believe for a moment that's what's happening now. In previous growing pain periods, we didn't deal with anything as evil as what we see now. Nowhere near it. The last period was during the 1960s. I won't go into what the 60s were all about, but among other things, it dealt with things like war and peace and freedom of speech. That's the way it was all over the world. Take time to look it up. The second possible scenario is that this is a preparation for a period of chastisement. Our Lady of Fatima told the seers that she was the only thing holding back her son's hand from punishing the world for its crimes against Almighty God, but that she couldn't hold him back much longer. For a little more than a century, there have been prophecies made by Catholic prophets around the world, the most notable one being St. Padre Pio. This prophecy has become known as the Three Days Darkness. During this three-day period, the world will be thrust into total darkness. The demons will be unleashed to roam the earth. It'll rain fire from the sky, and one-third of the world's population is going to die. Light bulbs and flashlights will work so you can see them, but they'll produce no light. The elect, that is, practicing Catholics who are doing and living as they ought, will be spared in their homes if they do the things these prophets have said must be done. If this second scenario happens, and I believe it to be a real possibility, then the world's going to be punished for its offenses against God in a terrible way. You may be thinking that a good and loving God wouldn't do anything like that to us. Well, you'd be thinking wrong. He's certainly a God of mercy, but he's also a God of justice. If he weren't as just as he is merciful, he'd be imperfect, and he couldn't be God. So count on it. He's going to punish all those who deserve punishment, which is 99.9999% of us. There are a number of very good short books about the three days darkness available on Amazon. I strongly suggest you get a few of them and read them so you can prepare for the second possible scenario. The third possible scenario is that Jesus is about to return to judge the living and the dead, just as we proclaimed each week at Mass all our lives. The vast majority of us have recited the Creed at Mass all our lives and never once thought about the reality of Jesus' return to earth. We've always taken that for granted. We can't afford that anymore. He's coming back. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. We can prepare ourselves to survive the three days darkness, but there's no surviving the second coming. 
everyone will be judged, then the world will be destroyed, period. But don't make the mistake of thinking that just because you're a Catholic, a member of the church Jesus established, that you've got a valid pass on the heaven-bound celestial train. You don't. There's no such thing as a guarantee that heaven is your final destination. Don't think that because you never miss Mass and Communion, you're going to heaven. The Pharisees of Jesus' day never missed the religious practices of the Old Covenant, but Jesus told them they were all hell-bound anyway. I've said this over and over and over again, and I'll say it right now. All the responsibilities Catholics have can be boiled down to two basic responsibilities, to become saints and to share the faith. If I'm right about either one of the two scenarios I just presented, then we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to soften this at all. If you don't want to become a saint, why in the world are you a Catholic? If you have no intention of putting in the effort required to become a saint, then just be honest enough with yourself and God to admit that. Just leave the church and become what American sociologists call nuns. It's better to be honest with God in that respect than it is to be a hypocrite. The time has come when we can't any longer be lukewarm. Jesus said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. You six-packers are special Catholics, which is why you listen to this podcast. But being Catholics in today's world doesn't buy you a pass. Most of you, like me, are too lukewarm. The pity of it is you don't even realize it. You think because you go to Mass each week and work at staying in a state of grace, you're not lukewarm. Well, you're just lying to yourself. There are 128 hours in a week. The average person spends 40 of those hours working. If you get a full night's sleep, another 56 hours are spent sleeping. What do you do with the other 32 hours? How many of those hours are spent in adoration? How many of them are spent feeding the hungry? How about sharing the faith? Are you visiting Jesus in prison by working with a prison apostolate? Don't let age and health be an excuse for being idle. I'm old and in very bad health, so I know it's no excuse. If you're sick or old, contact me and I'll tell you some of the things you can do. Paul tells us that we'll have to give account for every bit of idleness we perform. Being idle doesn't mean doing nothing. You're being idle if your activities are superfluous and not dedicated to God's service. If you're idle, you're lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, you can look forward to being divine spittle. That's not a pretty thought. December 6 is coming up quickly. The exorcists may be wrong about what's going to happen that day, but you and I can't afford to gamble that they're wrong. Make up your mind right now how you want Christ to find you when he comes as a thief in the night. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. 
He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guide, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. The Amazon Synod concluded by calling for the ordination of married men as priests and for women to be considered for ordination to the diaconate. The Synodal document has no binding authority on its own. After a meeting of the Synods of Bishops in Rome, the Pope typically issues a post-Synodal apostolic exhortation. We'll see what happens. Pray hard, very hard. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Arizona Central News. The operation to kill al-Baghdadi was named in honor of Kayla Mueller, an Arizona woman who was captured by ISIS. She was tortured, abused, and raped by al-Baghdadi himself, and then murdered. She never disavowed her Christian faith. I still say Kayla should have been here, and if Obama had been as decisive as President Trump, maybe she would have been, said Marsha Mueller. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to Real Clear Politics Taxing altar wine? Placing a premium tax on religiously affiliated groups like the Knights of Columbus or Thrivent that offer fraternal insurance programs? Those plans are under consideration by the Tax Expenditure Evaluation Interim Study Committee. Their phone number is 303-866-2633. Give them a call and tell them what you think. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to Alabama.com A federal judge blocked Alabama's near-complete ban on abortion, which was scheduled to take effect on November 15. Alabama State Representative Terry Collins said, Our law was designed to overturn Roe v. Wade at the Supreme Court level, and today's ruling is merely the first of many steps on that legal journey. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to LifeSite News. The links between pornography and human trafficking have long been established, but rarely have the connections been so horribly apparent as in a recent story reported on Newsweek. The mother of a 15-year-old girl from South Florida who'd been missing for almost a year discovered that her daughter was still alive when pornographic photographs and videos of the missing teen were published online. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. 
Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. Father Ray Ryland's gone now, God rest his soul. Father Ryland was a married Anglican priest, and when he and his family became Catholic, he became a Catholic priest. During the last years of his life, Father Ryland was the chaplain for Catholic Answers, the largest apologetics organization in the nation founded by my friend Carl Keating. One day I was chatting with Father Ryland when I'd been a Catholic for only about eight years. The subject of the USCCB came up, and I was taken back by Father's reaction. He called the USCCB an abomination before Almighty God. Frankly, I was shocked by his reaction. I really didn't know much about the USCCB then, but Father's assertion that it was an abomination made me want to learn more. After all, I knew Father Ryland to be solidly orthodox and trustworthy, so I just had to know more. All I really knew about the USCCB then was that it was the complete body of all America's bishops. Actually, it wasn't called the USCCB then. It was called the NCCB and later changed to the USCCB. Same house, different coat of paint. As I began researching and learning about the USCCB, I came to the conclusion that Father Ryland was right. It is an abomination before Almighty God. We shouldn't confuse individual bishops with the whole body under the USCCB banner. Just as Jesus told us that we have to be in the world but not of the world, the same is true of the USCCB. All the American bishops are in the USCCB, but not all of them are of the USCCB. Some bishops, such as Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, and Bishop Thomas Paparocki of Springfield, Illinois, are in the USCCB, but not of the USCCB. So we have to form opinions about bishops individually rather than as a group. The USCC body, though, is just as Father Ryland had said, an abomination. An organization set up in the 1960s by the then NCCB, continuing its existence under the USCCB, is called the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, or CCHD. The purpose of the CCHD is to give financial support for charities to help the poor and marginalized in society. They're supposed to only support groups that are compatible with Catholic moral teachings. They don't. The CCHD supports groups that promote the violation of our immigration laws, contraception, and abortion. In other words, the USCCB-sanctioned CCHD takes your money and gives it to groups that shelter illegal aliens from ICE and our laws, promote abortions, and promote responsible family size with contraceptives instead of natural family planning. This makes the USCCB hypocritical and the CCHD evil on its face. Oh, and your money is used to make you an accomplice to these evils. The USCCB is an abomination on its own, though, without the CCHD. When the sex abuse scandal broke in 2008, American Catholics were shocked. I wasn't because we wander readers had known for years about this. American Catholics were angry and embarrassed, and they demanded that the bishops do something. Since the vast majority of the victims were minors, the average Catholic was under the impression that we were dealing with prepubescent children of pedophilia. 
The truth is we were dealing with a homosexual problem because most of the victims were teenage boys. The people demanded action and the USCCB obliged. The problem with their solution is that they punished the laity rather than root out the bad priests. Bad priests were the culprits, so the USCCB quite logically began requiring criminal background checks on lay volunteers. Then the USCCB proclaimed the problem solved. Now what sort of sense did this make? The bad priests were the perpetrators, so they solved the problem with background checks on lay people? Apart from this being absolutely illogical and deceptive, let's look at the problem with this. Background checks aren't performed by law enforcement agencies, but by private firms under contract to the individual dioceses. If the contracted firm makes a mistake, the person being checked out has a ruined reputation forever. And these firms are notorious for making mistakes. Most of them won't correct mistakes because they fear lawsuits and loss of business from dioceses. Even those that will correct their errors, the damage is done because the internet is forever and everything goes on the internet. I have a friend who knew about this when he wanted to direct a choir. So before he submitted himself for a background check, he asked a friend that he has in the FBI to have a check performed. My friend went to the bishop with an FBI background check, but the bishop wouldn't accept it. The bishop demanded that my friend submit himself to the security firm contracted by the diocese. My friend refused, so now he's banned from any church volunteer work. That the laity are being punished for the sins of bad priests isn't Catholic in any way, shape, or form. For example, hypothetically, a 50-year-old man may have stolen a car when he was 18. In the 32 years since then, the man has become a serious Catholic with a great deal to contribute to the church. But he's forever banned from volunteering despite his apparent conversion of heart, and bad priests are allowed to carry on business as usual. And I thought individual conversions of heart were what we were all about. Under the USCCB's current policies, St. Paul could never serve in the Catholic Church. The USCCB's background check and policy gave the impression and appearance that the bishops were doing something about the sex abuse scandal while keeping their hands clean. In reality, it demonstrated that the USCCB is a body of hypocritical liars. At the annual USCCB meeting earlier this month, the bishops actually debated and voted on whether to keep the fight against abortion as a preeminent priority. That this was even brought up for debate at all is shameful. But what's really bad is that one-third of the bishops voted against abortion remaining a preeminent priority. There may be hope on the horizon, though. On the first day of the meeting, the Pope's nuncio to the United States gave the bishops an ultimatum, and this ultimatum had to come directly from Pope Francis. No nuncio would give such an ultimatum without direction from the Pope himself. The nuncio told the bishops they will get on board with the things Francis says and does. In other words, the bishops of the USCCB are to help promote the heresies and divisions of this pontificate. A line was drawn in the sand with this ultimatum. Over the next 6 to 12 months, we're going to find out who among our bishops are true shepherds and who are traitors to Christ. Bishops are supposed to be shepherds, not greaseball politicians. 
For two years in a row, we've been able to witness one true shepherd. For two years in a row, Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, has left the USCCB meeting to go outside and listen to Catholics' concerns, speak with them, and pray the rosary to them. Borrowing from the Spectrum TV commercial, Bishop Strickland Good, USCCB Evil. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now, nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step-by-step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. An 18-year-old girl lived in Chicago, and she was the joy of her mother's heart. Marie was the mother's only child, and that probably explains why she took such extraordinary care of her. She taught Marie to pray, go to the sacraments often, and avoid evil. But one day, Marie met a man and fell in love with him. Later, she discovered that the man had already been married, but left his wife and children to struggle in another city. Marie's mother did all she could to urge her daughter to leave this man, but Marie said she'd never leave because she loved him so much. It broke her mother's heart to hear Marie reject her pleadings and see her leave home with this divorced man. The mother didn't want Marie to lose her soul. She'd do anything in the world for her daughter if only she'd amend her ways, but now her daughter was gone. Marie's mother was a wealthy woman. She used her money to have hundreds of pictures made of herself and posted on billboards throughout the city. People called it the picture of the weeping mother. It showed Marie's mother dressed in black as if she was in mourning for someone who died. Her face was sad, eyes filled with tears, and arms outstretched as if she wanted to embrace somebody. Below the picture was the caption, Come back. Your mother is waiting for you. All is forgiven. The weeping mother hoped Marie would see her picture somewhere in Chicago and she'd be moved to come back home, but Marie never came back. God loves you more than your own mother can. When you commit a mortal sin, you hurt God because you turn your back on him. 
He wants to make you happy in this world and one day be perfectly happy with him in heaven. And yet you refuse to hear his voice calling you. Come back. Your God and Father is waiting for you. All is forgiven. Yes, an infinitely holy and good God is willing to forgive your sins, no matter how bad they may be, if you're truly sorry for having broken his sacred heart. That's it for this episode, Six Packers. Join us again next week on the Cantankerous Catholic Podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to visit my show notes and check out some of the special links. While you're there, take time to leave a comment below the show notes to let me know what you thought about this episode. Since you're on the Cantankerous Catholic website, visit the Joe's Stuff page. You can pick up copies of my books as well as view over 100 coffee mugs made just for six-packers. You can also read my weekly column in The Wander, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. See my show notes for subscription information and a special rate for six-packers. Thanks for sharing some of your valuable time with me, six-packers. I'll see this you next This has been week. the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.